1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another edition of the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. My name is Andrew Wilbar, along with the legendary Shannon White. Shannon, how's it going tonight?
0: I'm doing great. I mean, it's been a beautiful day, and I know it's going to get to uh, be on the Q&A with my buddy, Andrew. You know, you're Robin to my Batman, and I mean, we make a dynamic duo, so I'm excited about this I'm sure everybody out there and still land is too.
1: I'm excited because it's the first time I think we've been on a podcast together since the draft. Mm-hmm. I believe we were on the reaction show for were, were we both on for Pickens and DeMarvin Leal or was it um I know we were on for Pickens um and then, when,
0: um and uh, Austin, right?
1: I wasn't on for Austin. I think you were on with Chris Pugh okay, and okay. somebody so else. So just Pickens in. Sense. I wasn't yeah.
0: I wasn't for uh on for, um, uh, you know, uh,
1: Austin Leo. Oh, yeah. Liel. Okay. Yeah. 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 I was on for Leal and Pickens. It was interesting. Cause I was, I was kind of after the first night after I gotten so upset, it, mm. all, all that had transpired is like, I got to gather myself. Okay. I can't show, you know, too much emotion one way or the other. I've got to, mm. you know, keep things in perspective, keep things all nice and stuff. But it was really good. It was a lot of fun doing it with you and Jeffrey. Um, we had a lot of fun that night. Um, so excited to see what they're doing and just starting off on that. Um, you, we've gotten through, you know, many camp, we've gotten through a lot of the off season. What
0: are your initial takeaways from some of the rookies so far? Uh, I've been excited. You know that, I, I mean, I've been excited for the whole draft, um, class. I was, Leal has been my, the one that shocked me the most because when I watched him in college. And then, you know, when he come to rookie camp, I thought he looks like he's about 280. And I'm like, based on what the defensive line and the needs are, I thought that he could easily drop down to about 270 and, and kind of slide outside and give him some snaps on the edge. Because, you know, there's really a need there, more so than I think there is on that defensive line. Because the way the line's constructed now, especially since they picked up Okeechobee. I don't know if he's going to get to see the field much at all this year. What do you think?
1: See, I, I th- I'm I, excited about the Ogon Joby signing. I'm really, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really excited. I think at his best, he's just about as good as Stefan Tua. Not, maybe not quite the level in terms of mm-hmm. his run defense is a, good, a little bit suspect at times, but overall, the package that he brings, I think, um, uh, defensive line coach Carl Dunbar, he's going to do wonders mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to gel well with Alu Alu and Hayward. Um, yeah, with Leal, I, I thought when the pick happened that there was probably something up with Stefan to it, and that was why the Steelers made the selection. Mm-hmm. In short. Really, yeah, because yeah. even if Stefan to to had come back, I really didn't see a need. I kind of like the depth that we have. I had, you know, knocked Milk Dud when we drafted him. <laughs> by yeah, me too. Of milk. And I, I mean, his tape was horrible in college. He tested mm-hmm. horribly, but he's, de- he's developed in year one. He mm-hmm. actually looked like a mm-hmm. decent. Defensive line and a guy who can be developed into a nice depth piece. Montrevious Adams showed a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you still have Chris Wormley there. So the depth, you know, was not really an issue. Um, so I figured the Steelers, you know, they believed in Leal could and his ability to step in immediately. Uh, but uh, after the sign of Ogunjobi, now he has a chance to sit and learn behind two experienced veterans in Cam and in Ogunjobi. Two that played two totally different styles that may be good for him being able to get some perspective um, and just figure out who he really is as a prospect as he grows into an NFL player.
0: I think there's two things that we have to point out is that to it, even though his last year was his best year, you know, no doubt in 2020, he had stretches times where he would disappear. You know, I called him the Invisible Man. And, you know, I wrote articles and I wasn't trying to be insulting, but I wanted to point out a guy with that much talent and ability should never be invisible on the field. It should take two guys to double team him to keep him that way. And a lot of times it just seemed like that he was kind of going through the motions at times. So even though I was a big fan, I think Joby can definitely duplicate a lot of that because I think he has a more consistent motor. Maybe he isn't quite the athlete, you know, got that crazy length and long arms because, too, it's got a 35-inch arm. But, you know, if if you get that motor, man, you could get a lot done. Uh, and he's not great against the run, let's say, anchoring, but he's like Adams a lot is they penetrate. Yep. And he's very disruptive. So he'll make a lot of tackles in the backfield or for no gain. And and I don't think he's going to get blown off the ball like Wormley did last year. You know, and that happened a lot. Um, but Loudermilk, I don't know if you've seen him, but the dude looks like he's gained 20 pounds. I think they said 15, but he looks much thicker. And the only thing I've heard him talk about when it comes to the pass for side, which is, was his big weakness was that he's really working with Hayward on the bull rush. Now he's a large, large man. Him mm-hmm. and Hayward both are so strong. And if he could just collapse that pocket, he don't have to get sacks. Pressures per se, but if he can put them linemen back in that quarterback's face, and at his feet, you know, no quarterback likes that. And he can, you know, spring the guy out of there where somebody else could pick up the sack. I can see a scenario this year where Loudermilk starts.
1: Really? Wow. Yes.
0: Until Okejobi's foot and, you know, he gets back in okay. there. Yeah. Um, because at first, I think they want to ease Okejobi in there. And with Adams and that quick twitch ability, Wormley, um, you know, you can almost be like hockey. You could have a line shift and bring in those guys and start the game with Hayward and Alulu and Loudermilk for the run defense. And uh, I, I see that rotation getting a lot of usage. I just don't want to see where they're going to usually out.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned Loudermilk. Cause I remember him and Chris Wormley, both as they came out of college with Wormley at Michigan, he was a four, three defensive end and was not known really for a guy who was going to be a, ever a great pass rusher, but he was a good run defender in college. Obviously as you know, once you get to the NFL, you're playing against linemen with a lot better strength overall, better functional strength overall. It's a little bit more difficult to hold up consistently against the run. And now we've seen that. Okay. Yes. SP asking in the comment <laughs> section, what shirt are you wearing, Shannon? It's, it's a marvel. Marvel. <laughs> now, when Louder Milk, on the other hand, because like you mentioned that you thought um, about. Leal that maybe he could move to the outside. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought the same thing about Loudermilk When he came out, there were a few occasions at Wisconsin that they would put him out on the outside as a rush linebacker is mm-hmm. an oversized linebacker on early downs. Um, I kind of think of kind of how the Steelers used LT Walton several years back. Um, just kind of that mm-hmm. guy who's really a defensive lineman, but they moved outside oversized pass rusher. Um, and the Steelers had some success, but that is some limited success. Um, I thought that was going to be louder role. Um, but obviously, the Steelers, they said they saw Cam Hayward, some Cam Hayward vibes in mm-hmm. Loudermilk, and, you know, we'll see what happens. He's uh, shown a lot more potential than what I gave him being 344th on my draft board.
0: <laughs> so. Well, I was just saying, way. you know, I was, you know, when I wrote my grading the pick article, I was like, I can't believe this. Not only did you take a guy that I even wondered if he would be drafted, yeah, but you traded a future pick to move in. To around you was they could have waited to the six and got him. I thought for sure it's it's one of them deals. Like we heard rumors that somebody else was interested, but you know a lot of times that's just you know that's the game. There's games being played during the draft, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, so I not only did I think he was a bad pick, I thought he wouldn't even make the team. Yeah, same because same thing I thought the year before with Carlos Davis because if you watch their tape, Davis had athleticism where he was, you know, a track guy too, but he was so passive. He did. He just looked like, you know, he didn't even care at right. times in Nebraska. So I thought those guys don't make it, you know, you got to have that motor, but I, I was wrong that Davis has stuck around and he showed some potential there a little bit before he got hurt last year and ladder really proved me wrong because the Steelers were right in that. He, he does have a lot of similarities just in his brute strength with Hayward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, the biggest thing that just surprised me with that pick, like you mentioned, trading up. I mean, Sean Wade was still on the board. Mm. Um, I mean, there were a lot of really good prospects that were falling. And I'm like, well, if the Steelers trade up, they must be going for Wade. The Steelers, you know, <laughs> we haven't taken a corner yet. We could use someone who could play that slot, that would be good. And then we trade up Isaiah Loudermilk. <laughs> Where I got ranked, page two, page three, page four, the draft ranking fives, 344th. I didn't think I liked this. It was
0: like,
1: I. I, I was dumbfounded, but it it so far it's worked out, and um I'll give the Steelers credit, and I'll give Carl Dunbar credit for one. He does a phenomenal job with that mm-hmm. defensive line. Really, one of the most underrated positional coaches, and maybe all of football. Um, just the job that he's done. Um, but if you, any of you have any questions, put them in the live chat mm-hmm. as always. Um, Shannon's gonna bring them up tonight. Um, Brian Brown, I believe, asked a question. Uh, I don't know if you see that one, Shannon. This one? Um, no, we can get to this. Miles Jack is a lot better mm-hmm. run defender than folks realize as well. Um, Shane, what's your take on that, and how do you think he's going to play with Devin Bush?
0: I think he's more physical than Bush. I mean, he'll come up and lay a lick on you. Where that's never been, I think, Bush's forte. Bush is a speed, volume tackler. He, he runs uh, sideline to sideline, and he's a volume tackler but he doesn't like to take on blocks. You know, that's not what he's built for. And Mac is just a slight bit taller and a little bit heavier, but he is a little more physical. So when they talk about the, you know, it's not going to be your typical Buck and Mac. but I thought for sure they're talking about Buck, that's going to be Jax. And now they're talking about Bush being the Buck, you know, in theory. And I'm just like, I don't like this combo. I wanted Miles Jack to replace Devin Butch, not to play alongside of him. But going back to something you said. Dunbar, to me, is like what Keith Butler was to the linebacker coach position. That's what Dunbar is to defensive line. Yeah. He he just has a – he's a great teacher. The way he motivates, they love him like a father figure, and they play hard for him. You know, that's, it's a professional game. When you're talking about millions and millions of dollars and you don't get that same camaraderie, you don't get that same, um, I don't want to say loyalty that you get in college, but um, it has to be something more. It has to be, um, you know, personal, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, You have to take responsibility for your own game and your own effort. And Dunbar is so great at getting that out of these guys. So not only does he help make them better by by his teaching, but he, the way he supports them through the good times and the bad times, and you hear him talk about him, he's worth his weight in gold just for that.
1: Yeah, for real. He's He is – there's more to being a coach for sure than just – the what he can teach as a uh, prospect, but just the example that he sets and where, you know, some guys, they don't even have to say anything. They don't have to do anything, just mm-hmm. their presence and just being in the room with them. You can tell there's something special about this person, this guy, what he is as a person and as a coach Um and players respect that they pick up on that really easily. And just based on the production, the Steelers have gotten from their defensive line. I think uh Carl Dunbar has proven that he is one of the best in the business.
0: Yeah. I think that respect That's the key word of what you just said.
1: Mm -hmm. There's the one
0: I think you was talking about.
1: Yes. So Brian Brown asks, excuse me, am I the only one who finds humor in the fact that the Steelers drafted a dude named Loudermilk (laughs) from Wisconsin? Shannon. Where uh, else?
0: I mean, where else would the, the, the guy be, you know, if he was, if his name had potato and it, I guess he'd be from Idaho or, you know, but but that's classic, man. I I thought that the the when he was drafted. I mean, I I mean, I still
1: like milk duds. You know, I, uh, you know, that, I, seems, I
0: that sounds negative. Oh, I,
1: I don't think so. I think at this point he's you know it's just kind of like I mean there's so many names. It's a one of the funny things I always find. There's always in every draft always a few hilarious names or nicknames that you can make up. Um, mm-hmm. with Pat Friermuth and stuff like, you know, you know, what if he's a buster, we can call him standing Pat Friermuth, does he <laughs> not do anything, you know, and, there, and I mean, just on the Sears roster, you could think of a good five or six names that are like that. I remember, um, a couple of years ago when we had divine Diablo, um, in the draft uh, mm. and stuff, that was a big thing. And this year there's a ton of names. There's uh one guy in the draft this year. I think he's a corner from Arkansas. I'm not positive. His name is bumper pool. Mm. I didn't hear that one. Davis. Yeah, there there are a ton of names last year. I don't I'm not going to look it up right now, but I actually posted a comment on one of the open threads on Friday or Saturday night uh, a couple weeks ago about all the hilarious names in last year's draft. And I looked up, you know, my favorite ones. There were a good 10 to 15 names that you just, you know, who names their children these? Yeah. I mean, who, named, who names
0: their kid Taco? Taco Charlton? But I, I wonder the, if it's like the the real name or that was a a nickname and they just stuck with it.
1: Right. I don't know. It's like with some of these guys, there are a few in the league where it's like, apparently that's their actual name. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I I don't know. I'm I'm glad.
0: There was one guy named Atari at one time. That was great. Atari Bigby or something. (laughs) That was awesome. Here's another one.
1: Okay. Uh, Brian Brown has another question How much rope does Matt Canada get if the offense stinks again? Shannon, I, to me, I know that you have a rookie quarterback coming in. I know you have a new quarterback, but he, we, he's gotten just about all the pieces he needs to run mm-hmm. his offense. If it is as bad as the production the Steelers had last year with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, I don't think you can give him another year. No,
0: no. I, I think that, I mean, if, if there's going to be growing pains, it's going to take a little bit of time. And that's why I said I want to see the defense, you know, really – and the special teams to try to you know keep them in the games and competitive early in the year. They got a pretty tough opening schedule, and that always should get better as they you know de- develop a, a chemistry and and uh, who's going to be playing and and it should improve. If it stinks as bad as it has the last couple of years, that experiment's over. It has to be because the the components that he did not have, he does have now. And, you know, beyond the growing pains. But there should be improvement and strides made towards the end of the year, or that's that.
1: Definitely. You want to see at least that the team is showing growth, especially with all the young pieces they have. They've got to show some sort of development. I think a big thing is how does Chase Claypool develop going into this year? Um, Can Matt Canda get the best out of him and make him a focal part of the offense? He's saying, you know, I don't know if you saw that, Shani, saying he's a top three wide receiver. I think he was pertaining more to he saying he can be, a top three wide receiver because I don't think he has a case for saying that he is a top three wide receiver already. But um,
0: you know, don't if, you? Wouldn't you rather just a guy not say anything? Just say I I'm gonna try to be the best me I can be. But when you start saying stuff like that, right. you're just putting the bulls on your back.
1: Exactly. Now you know. in this in this case, maybe just based on the lack of focus Claypool's had, maybe what he needs is that extra accountability. I mean, I know Steelers fans have gotten on him a lot. But now that he's actually come out and said what he thinks his value is, I think Steelers fans are going to hold him to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's the oomph he needs to get over that lack of focus that he dealt with last year and maybe take that next step. Uh, we'll if see. you look
0: at, he's not your prototypical deep threat. Right. Uh, he doesn't have the body control uh, that Pickens has. Yep. So I think Pickens is going to excel in that role because of his being able to catch away from his body at the high point, the body control, I think he'll excel, whereas Claypool is a big body. So I see Claypool uh, really excelling if he gets a lot of action out of the slot. Uh, So actually, with the mobility of the quarterback, being able to move the pocket, you start using the middle of the field. Everything's set up for Claypool to take a step forward, Where well, I think, because he won't get as many targets, I ain't gonna say I'm not saying he ain't gonna be good. I just don't think he's going to see them targets. Right. It's, this is a question that I would need you to answer.
1: Sherry Richards asked the question: Any truth to but to a possible Andre Dillard trade? There've been there've been a few rumors. Um, I don't think anything is going to happen. I think. If you're looking at Andre Dillard, they, the Eagles have moved him around. They moved him to guard. They've moved him. They moved him all over the place. Um, he's kind of damaged goods at this point. I I mean, Shannon, you know as well as I do that I want an offensive tackle badly. I've wanted <laughs> a left tackle bad for years. Um, and there have been a lot of rumors. Eric Fisher has been talked about. Andre Dillard. Um, you see these names linked in a lot of different uh, pundits articles. Um would you welcome an Andre Dillard trade? I mean, I I want an offensive tackle, but based on Dillard's production so far, it seems like he's almost done better at guard than at tackle. They haven't had a whole lot of success with him on the outside.
0: But here's the thing: I've you know, people outside. We got to have a tackle, and I understand. But I'm saying I think Moore's going to take the next step. Okay. Uh, it being you know his second year, more experience, and offseason to work on his weaknesses. Then I think that this offense, being able to move the pocket and and some of the, the zone, outside zone, and things that rely more on mobility than brute force or, you know, real physicality, I think it might fit a core for better, too. So I'm, I'm kind of, let's get into training camp, see how they look. Maybe in the first preseason game and everything. And if it looks like we might have an issue there, then the Steelers could consider, you know, maybe trading. I don't really see anybody on the free agent market that excites me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to bring somebody in, bring somebody in that's at least better than Haig. And I don't know if there's a lot out there in free agency that you could say is, you know, definitely better than Hague.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I want, I want an elite left tackle at some point. I think Dean Moore would be best suited on the right side just with his physicality that he displayed in year one. I'd really like to see what he could do on the right side, make a core for the swing tackle. And the guy that I want to mention that I mentioned in an article before is Tyrell Crosby, a guy with the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. who he got – he was very undisciplined coming into the league, got a lot of false start penalties, a lot of holding penalties. He cleaned some of that up. I believe it was his second year in the league. He started um, – He, I believe he started like at least – I think he started like 17 games in his career. He's dealt with some injuries, but last year was not his fault. He was misdiagnosed. His injury was misdiagnosed by the Lions, ended up having to miss the whole season because of that. They had to deal with an injury settlement, everything like that it was just a terrible situation for Crosby. He's still staying out on the open market, but honestly, I mean, obviously, I hope Dan Moore takes that next step. But based on the product, based on what he played last year, and O'Correfor played last year when Tyrell Crosby is fully healthy, I would say that he would automatically be the top tackle on the Steelers if the Steelers brought him in. And he is, How really, old is, he? He is like 25, I think. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah, he's still young. He was like a yeah, 2019 yeah. draft, 2018 draft, mm-hmm. somewhere in that uh, range. So um, definitely.
0: To me, uh, that's what this, this offseason and what direction it looks like they're going is that not only are they – Replenishing their talent reserves mm-hmm. and their depth chart, but they are bringing in young talent mm-hmm. that could grow together. And, and I think that's awesome. I mean, you want to have some veterans sprinkling through there, but you know, they got Watt, they got Hayward, they got Fitzpatrick, but then they've them with a lot of younger guys, even a core. For, I mean, uh, Joby's 27, 28. So, uh, yeah. Seven. Yeah, I, I really like the direction they're going. They're they're putting a team that hopefully they can stay together a few years. If it works out, you know, he could re-sign with them, Larry Okid. Mm-hmm. Here's another one.
1: Another question from Brian. Do you think the Steelers will up the turnover margin on defense? Uh, one year is up and one year down. The rotation is turnovers up this year. Shannon, what say you to that? I know Minka. Didn't have quite as much ball production that year, but also he was asked to wear a lot of hats. A lot of teams just decide not to throw in his direction. Um, you know, I, as as concerned as I am about the fact that I don't believe the Steelers have a number one corner on the roster, both Levi Wallace and Akella Witherspoon have proven that they have pretty good ball skills. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the Steelers can up their uh, splash plays in the secondary?
0: That is one of the craziest statistics because I know different people have pointed it out that. If you got if you're like top of the league in one year, you're be down around ninth or tenth the next mm-hmm. year. They're, they fluctuate so much. Like the stores are so consistent with their pass rush, and usually if you have a strong pass rush,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you you accelerate that. You know the quarterbacks. You know his his clock in his head. You know he's like I got to get this ball out, and and it helps your secondary, and it creates mm-hmm. turnovers. Especially when you got a guy like uh, Hayward and especially what, who's so good at forcing fumbles, you know, and strip sacks and stuff. Um, but the secondary's been something that we've not really had um, a ball hawkbacker. I can't remember the last time, other than Fitzpatrick, let's say a corner. I can't remember the last time one had five interceptions, you know, and that's commonplace, especially as yeah. much as the ball's thrown in today's game. But, um, But actually, like I said, I am very excited about Levi Wallace. I think he's a very huge step, an upgrade from what Hayden was last year. Because even before the injuries and stuff, Hayden had lost a step. And he was doing a lot of it, you know, because he was just so cerebral. And, but he was not the same. And we, the Steelers have not had a number one cornerback, I don't think for the last couple of years.
1: Not since like Taylor, really.
0: Yeah, maybe since Taylor. You know, so I like the depth this year actually better than I did last year, but the, the turnovers are just such a sporadic statistic. Um, so I'm, I'm more concerned with that. The splash plays coming from sacks strip sacks, you know, uh, forced fumbles. Uh, I think that they can get off the field, mm-hmm. uh, something they couldn't do last year cause they couldn't stop the run. If you can't stop the run. You can't get off the field. Then when they did get the ball, the offense couldn't run the ball and they couldn't get first dance. So they got killed in time of possession on both sides of the ball. That has to change.
1: Definitely. I'm, I'm curious to see how what type of defense the Steelers employ in the secondary. Cause you have Witherspoon who's proven he can, he can kind of play both man or zone, but you have uh Levi Wallace. who's really limited to zone because of his athletic limitations. Mm-hmm. I was hoping the Steelers would become a little bit more man oriented, um, but we'll see what in the world okay um i think you have a different name andrew wilbar um or whoever that is i don't know if that's even a real person or not i don't think they're still in the live chat Son, i need to look up see if there's another
0: i i seen that but I, I do not know how to take stuff off of there so uh yeah obviously yeah that, no. that's, that's not you Uh, (laughs) in florida definitely but here's here's another question
1: oh steelers pittsburgh andrew what's your assessment of chris oladokin in case you haven't listened to it go listen to jeremy and i uh when we interviewed chris oladokin after the draft um really great guy very amiable very um interesting to talk to very approachable I think that he has some upside. He's he reminds me in some ways of Josh Dobbs. I think he has a little bit more potential as a passer. He's not the he may not be the necessarily the rocket science that Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs but nobody is. Um, I mean, Josh Dobbs, I would love to bring back as a coach at some point. I would love to have him on the staff as an assistant coach. I think he'd be phenomenal. He's great in that role. He would be fantastic. Just I mean, Ben just always even talking about how he pointed things out to him on the sideline. That'd be awesome to have him. Uh, definitely. I think he if he wants to go into coaching. He definitely could. But Ola specifically, um, I, I'm I'm optimistic about I think if you can't put him on the practice squad, some team is going to you get take him and claim him off waivers, especially based on just the lack of quality backups that there are in the league right now. You don't I, think, I think
0: he you don't think he could be on the practice squad? I don't think he will will he reminds me of uh a- now, I mean, I ain't saying he's as good as him. But just watching him throw the ball and how he moves, because he is mobile, but, you know, he's not like um, um, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson mobile. But he, he, he reminds me of Dak Prescott.
1: Dak Prescott? I can yeah. see that.
0: I mean, the way he stands in the pocket. Similar delivery. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. His throwing motion. And so he's definitely somebody that, you know, you could invest some time in.
1: Definitely going to invest some time. In. Now, I kn- I don't see the Steelers revamping their entire quarterback room in one offseason, mm. but do you think there is any chance that if he lights it up in the preseason and we see nothing else from Mason Rudolph that he could potentially beat out R- Rudolph as the third or may the Steelers trade Rudolph and get a late-round pick? Do you think there's any chance that that happens? I just don't think if Oladokun shows anything or any reason for the Steelers to keep him in the preseason, I have a feeling some other team is going to pick up on it and. Claim him off waivers, um, or well, that could be line. the
0: that could easily be the catch because, like you said, risky. Who I I think is going to be the starter, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Pickett, and then Rudolph. They don't want to give Rudolph away. They're not going to waive him, right? And you know, and if they are going to trade him they're going to want to get something in return. Um. So yeah, that you know, if if Oladokun. Uh, really shows out and plays really well in the preseason, you know, which can happen. Remember Dobbs had that's how he made the team is he was their best preseason quarterback. Cause you know, Ben wasn't playing mm-hmm. and you know, he had some really good moments there a couple of years in a row. Um, yes. Somebody could take him. I mean, uh, you know, I have to give you that. I, I just um, where he is kind of raw. Um, and I think that, I don't think he'd want to just go to somebody else's, you know, to sit on the bench and and I don't think they're going to want to keep him long term because if he, somebody takes him a pack squad, they got to put him on the roster. You're right, and yep. and I'm not sure what team you know his quarterback depth chart that he would be number three on. Uh, you know, I, I right off the bat. Uh, of course, maybe the Browns. The way Lions. things are going, <laughs> yeah, Lions. Uh, Lions Here's a, been... here's another one right here. Let me get. All you right, we are one. running
1: out of time, but we'll get to these last few and kind of rapid fire. Uh, fashion. Let's. I know Steelers chick has a one. Okay. What do you think of the Bleacher Report saying we need to trade Devin Bush? And I'll let you answer it. One word from me: hogwash.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've, I lost faith. You know, like I said, when a guy loses heart, mm-hmm. uh the want to, whatever word do you want to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see Bush's mobilities start to return last year, but I see too many plays that he just allowed himself. He didn't fight to stay in that play. He allowed himself to get washed out. And then he didn't pursue after the play. He's jogging downfield. That's not the type of intensity that the Steelers need. So, um, but with Flores coming in and the changes that have been made, an improved defensive line, I still would like to see him, you know, give him a shot. But if, if he plays anything like he did to start out last year, then he needs to be off the field and, and you know, say Buddy Johnson, give him a shot playing alongside Jax.
1: Definitely. The thing about trading him, though, Steeler Chick, is that right now his value is as low as it's ever been. So I really don't think the Steelers would get a whole lot for him in the trade. I think if you're trading someone like has said, Deontay Johnson would be an ideal guy to trade. Um, just based on the fact that wide receiver value is high right now. Um, and it would save the stewards a lot of money and would give us an extra pick to be able to use if we wanted to on another wide receiver last next year and another stacked wide receiver cross. But um, Brian Brown, um, million-dollar question, will Najee Harris get 2,000 rushing yards? Shannon, yes or no? No. No, I
0: tend to. Those agree. are special seasons. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right,
1: and then we'll make this the last question. Eric ask you, Part of the BTSC Big Board appreciate uh, his uh, contributions to the website. He's winding on my thoughts on Mark Robinson. He already knows Shannon's answer. <laughs> um, I I'm not quite as high on him as what Shannon is, but I will say that I do like a lot of the um I like a lot of the potential that he has. He's built like a running back. He really is. He's built mm-hmm. in that compact mold. But we are out of time. So Shannon, thank you so much for your time tonight. It was fun. Yes, and- it was we'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you. Live chat for, uh, your contributions. Be sure to check out behind the steelcurtain.com Your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers. And we will see you, uh, well, on the Steelers fix for me on Tuesday for you, Shannon, tomorrow on the hangover, mm-hmm. uh, happy 4th of July to each and every one of you. Uh, however you celebrate it, be sure to th- be thankful for one d- to God for, uh, mm-hmm. giving us this great country. We still live in the greatest country on earth. And let's, Uh, never forget despite our problems god has been good to this country so thank you so much for your time shannon it's been fun
0: we'll see you soon enjoyed it and happy 4th of july to everybody and be safe god bless
1: you too